This is the NBL Show. Play NBL Fantasy for free. You could win $5,000 plus daily prizes at nbl.com.au slash fantasy. Ah, yes, indeed. Welcome to this week's edition of the NBL Show, Business End of the Year. And it is time to rub your hands together, lock yourself in, because finals are just around the corner. And we will have an answer as to who will be and how the final four will shape with one game to go in the year. Uh, this is extraordinary. I'm going to get to an amazing stat that the NBL have just released today in just a moment. But I need to welcome our co-host, of course, the star of the show, former NBL champion, Pete Hooley. Hello, mate. Hey, good to be here. It's heating up now, isn't it? We're so close and just a couple of positions left to figure out how they fall. And then we kick it off on Thursday night. So there is one game to go mm. in the regular season. And the NBL released a phenomenal stat today that for the fifth year in a row, the final four will be determined on the last game of the year. It's perfect, isn't it? It's exactly how everyone wants it like That's that. That's exactly you don't what want you a want. game that means nothing. So much so that we're talking about what could potentially happen tomorrow with who's going to finish third, who's going to finish fourth. But there still is a way the Sydney Kings make the finals. <laughs> All right, go. And you're going to laugh. But oh, I am already laughing. We say expect the unexpected. <laughs> but if the Brisbane Bullets beat the Phoenix by around, give or take, 80 points. <laughs> then the Kings get in. Oh, let me ask you this. It's not going to happen. <laughs> let me ask you this. Have the Kings had a mad Monday today? Oh, they may have. They'd be, they'd be pretty confident <laughs> in 80 points. But remember last season, Brisbane Bullets came out and won by 42. It was the 40-point game at quarter time. They had to win by 38, I think, yep. that one. Yep. 80s. We're going to say virtually impossible, but yes. yeah, that's we're, we're going for the final spot three and four. So tomorrow in Brisbane, the Bullets play the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Now, if the Phoenix lose that game, then they will finish fourth and Melbourne United await. Mm. If they win that game, they go to third and Perth awaits in Perth. Mm, big so the, time. So the top two are locked in. Melbourne United finished top of the ladder convincingly. Perth Wildcats injury rattled and riddled at the moment, finished second. So this is all about 3v4, but it is just, I mean, it, with all due respect to Perth, and we will get to speak to one of their greatest ever who's lining up at the moment. I'm almost scared to say this because I've got so much respect for this man. Oh. That's, you would rather play Perth than Melbourne United at the moment, given their injuries, unfortunately. 100%. Bryce Cotton. Potentially Mitch Norton. So yeah. that was Trev Gleeson said that he, he sat out the last game and they will hopefully be ready for finals. Um might be a little mayo on that from Trev, just trying to test the waters. But I think it, they're going to need Mitch Norton. But yeah, you'd rather you'd rather play Perth, even though you'll be in the Red Army. You don't want to come up against Melbourne United, who are playing some really good basketball right now. And uh, yeah, imagine if we get to potential. We, so we're either going to have a potential throwdown semi-final series or throwdown grand final series. And the most disappointing part of it is we don't know where it would be. No, well, that's all to play out as well. So there's some big decisions to be made once the, the final four is locked in. Who mm. is going to play who is one thing, but where are they going to play and how are they going to play those series, those best of three series? So that's some big decisions that have got to be made given the COVID situation uh, in Victoria. But I, I was hoping that I was going to say what I said about Illawarra and South East Melbourne, probably very much preferring to play Perth uh, at the moment, given the injury concerns there, then Melbourne United. I was hoping that I would have been able to say that before Damien Martin got on the line. The six-time <laughs> oh, NBL no. champion, the man who the Defensive Player of the Year award is named after one of the greats. Damien Martin, hello to you. 
I'm just looking up at 10 flags that say you'd probably want to play anyone else <laughs> other than Perth, but uh, oh, no. everyone's entitled to their own opinion. <laughs> I, I, I was mid-sentence, Damien, when I saw that you were already up, and I just hung my head and went, oh, well, I'm committed now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. No, no, no. Look, Melbourne are flying. They've been... Uh, the best team all season, rightfully so. They finished as minor premiers, and then you take away Bryce Cotton and potentially Mitch Norton from the Wildcats, and yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle regardless of whether it's Illawarra or South East. Well, Damon, that's the big news that we heard Trev Gleeson say uh, in that pregame that he Mitch Norton might not be ready to go for the semifinals. Is that Trev just trying to lean a little bit towards the cautious side and that he's going to be ready? Because Mitch Norton, you take out Bryce Cotton, I think Mitch Norton's the most important player to that team. Uh, without Bryce Cotton there, everything he does on the defensive end, his mm. leadership, as yep. the, the way the runs the team as a point guard, how hard would it be if he doesn't play? Oh, it becomes very, very, very hard. I, I completely agree. I think Todd Blanchfield has kind of been the unspoken hero all season. I think he's having his best season to date, yep. even though he's been a very well-respected player, you know, his whole career, but he's just been incredible. But, the start of the year, they were two and three. They headed over into Melbourne, into the hub for the NBL Cup. And then I think it was Norto's change in form that is the reason they came home, you know, going six and one or seven and one over there. So I think Mitch is a huge piece of the puzzle, but in particular when Bryce is out, because no longer can they play that solar bars where it's kick ahead, give the ball to Bryce and we'll space it and he'll know where to, you know, what to do with the ball. Now it's going to be a more structured offense and he's been the head of the snake for a long time at both ends, but he can get guys in the right positions. And, you know, I was lucky enough to call the game a few nights ago and John Mooney, I think is an absolute superstar in the league. But right now you're kind of seeing what Ricky Grace did for her, Paul Rogers, when Paul Rogers won MVP of the league. Um, But if you're taking away Ricky from that season, now, maybe Rodgy doesn't win that accolade. And, mm. and right now, Mooney needs Norto out there, needs some of the other guys stepping up. But, yeah, I think Mitch is a huge piece of the puzzle if the Wildcats want to advance to another GF. Damien, it's a great point you make, as you so often do, but it's extraordinary to me that Trevor Gleeson, despite being a five-time championship coach, has only won one NBL Coach of the Year. Surely this year he oh, is the coach. I surely. mean, when you, when you look at the players that, that, weren't, that are not there anymore... Uh, when you look at Plumley, uh, Nick Kay goes, Tariko White goes. One player, John Mooney, is all that really replaced him. And Todd Blanchfield comes in. He gets the career best of Todd Blanchfield. John Mooney, as you say, is a star and probably first team all NBL. And it's just through the system, the, the, the culture that you helped establish that he's already there at Perth. And I'm not trying to suck up now. I genuinely believe this, and I've said this a few times. Surely he's the coach of the year now, given who they lost and then how they ended up going about filling those shoes of the players that left. And they finished second on the ladder. It's a phenomenal performance and a great year. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And obviously people are going to hear this and know that I'm biased. Obviously I love the Wildcats. You know, I, I go a long way back with Trev. But you look at the starting five they've got. You take away, and obviously Bryce is out now, but I'm talking about during the course of the season when Bryce was healthy. At the start of last year, Bryce was the only starter. He's essentially begun the season with four of the five new starters. Like mm. Norto came in when I got injured, but to be able to go and, and compete with you know Melbourne for the minor premiership, when essentially 80% of your starting five is completely you know fresh to that starting five position, is incredible. Uh, and so I, I agree. Nick Kay leaves. You know, obviously Miles was amazing for us. 
down the stretch. You know, you take away another import, replace him with Blanchfield. Tariko was great for us. I think what he's done this year is fantastic. I thought in years gone by, he was unlucky um, to, to not get it or at least be in the top two or three. For, for me, of all the awards this year, as much as I love Bryce and, and some of the other candidates for different awards, I think Coach of the Year has to go to Trev more so than any other individual award. So I, I hope I hear his name called out because, you know, he's won, like you said, five championships, never won a Coach of the Year while coaching the Wildcats. But I think this is the one where it's too hard to go past, despite incredible performances by Vickerman, obviously, when he win minor premiership. Mm. You know, being able to qualify for the finals with the Hawks with Gorge is, is a huge feat, and I don't want to take anything away from any of the other coaches. But for me, of all the individual awards, Gleason for Coach of the Year is the, the no-brainer. Yeah, I'm with you there, Dame. I think a lot of people are. We, we talk about that. Uh, I'm definitely with you. I think he's been outstanding. But there's an, an award this year. It used to be called something like defense, but I don't even know what Wouldn't it is. Wouldn't even know. Don't even know who it was named. Don't, don't care. Damien Martin Trophy. Now, you might be a little biased here, but I think I'm going to back you up with it. Who's going to be hoisting that trophy? Yeah, I think it comes down to three guys. I think uh, it's either going to be Detch, Norton, or Simon. And, you know, outside of those three, I think Abercrombie was doing some good things, but obviously the injuries hurt him. Mm. Uh, Mooney at stretches, Humphreys at stretches, but those three are the standouts. And yeah, I, I kind of consider the way Detch and Simon play are very similar. It's more that aggressive mm. style, up and in, deflections, more steals, but also prone to you know more blow buys. Whereas Nordo has to be considered the hardest guy to get past off the dribble. And even if you beat him once, he manages to get back in front of you, so he's still shooting a contested shot. And I remember years ago, I played against Darnell Mee. I was a rookie. I just admired Darnell Mee. And I remember twice, I managed to get past him off the dribble. And twice, he got back in the play and blocked my shot. And I remember leaving that game saying, that's the type of player I want to be defensively. Mm. Beating me once isn't going to be good enough. You've got to beat me twice. And that's where I could see the comparisons with with a Mitch Norton. Is For me, he is my Defensive Player of the Year award you know, selection in three incredible candidates, but because he's just so hard to get by. And in particular, look at games against someone like a Casper where, you know, one of 11, you go mm. back through any of the premier point guards he's had to match up again. It's just a tough battle for the opposition. And that's where I think he's going to get the nod above those other two guys. Damien, how crucial is that to success? Pete and I have been speaking about this off air. We're actually speaking about it in terms of Carlton from an AFL point of view and about, when to, to, to go from being just a professional player and being happy with that to saying, no, 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 we now collectively as a group want to achieve the ultimate. For us to do that, I need this from you and I need this from you and I need this from you. You might not have your name up in lights, but if every night you can do this for us, and a lot of times it is the guy that plays the lockdown role, who, who doesn't get all the requests for signatures, who doesn't get all the requests for interviews, who, who doesn't get uh, you know all the limelight, but it is... You can't win without that person. How Just how crucial are they to the context of success? Look, the defensive end is one of those ones where, like you said, it may not get you, you know, everyone trying to chase your autographs after the game, but I guarantee you inspire your teammates more than anyone who's dropped 20 that night. And if you see someone consistently putting their body on the line, sliding, staying in a stance, closing up, two hands up, mm. hands constantly above your waist, like it's those little things that when you're on the sideline watching your team perform, yeah, you, you stand up and you you know you go nuts when Bryce hits a step back three and he's an absolute superstar. But what motivates you to not let your team teammates down is when you see what Bry, uh, what Norto does, you're like, oh, okay, if he's willing to do that. I'd better do that as well. And that's why Norto makes Bryce a better defender. He makes Jesse Wagstaff a better defender, John Mooney a better defender. Because if he's picking up 90 foot and willing to do it, 
I better do that as well. Otherwise, I'm going to sit on the bench and know that I'm not worthy of this jersey. And it starts with the head of the snake. And, and this year, it's, it's Nordo, and I think he's been fantastic. But that inspirational play he, he produces makes his teammates better. Because not everyone can do what Bryce does because he's the most talented player in the league by country mile. But guys can get in stance. Guys can close out and play defense for the best of the ability, which goes a long way to win that championship. Uh, you're spot on there, Damo. And, and before we let you go, we've got to talk about finals coming up starting on Thursday night. And there's potential that some teams, some Melbourne teams, could be playing all their finals in WA in front of the Red Army. How important or what different level does the Red Army go to when finals start? Yeah, it's a, it's a great atmosphere year-round, but bring on finals and it goes to another level. And, and I do think South East, I think they're going to lock in third position. I think it's going to be South East versus Perth. And even with Bryce, you know, they kind of split the series. Mm. And then <laughs> Perth are now down Bryce and South East have gone and pick up Brokoff, who I rate as an incredible player. So it, it's going to be a hell of a series. And I think Perth might really, really be hoping that uh, they play all the games in Perth just because <laughs> it's going to be a tough battle for them regardless. But, yeah, that, that Red Army, a sold-out crowd, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I can't wait to be courtside calling it because some of my favourite players are going to be playing on both teams. Uh, you know, Mitch Creek's played some great basketball of late. Obviously, I go a long way back with Adam Gibson. Adam's having a great season. That's so going to be a lot of fun if that is the series matchup. Got to let you go in just a minute, Damien Martin, but we're not letting you go without uh, your, your championship team and your league MVP. Uh, league MVP is still Bryce. Mm-hmm. I just think, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's the most talented player I've played alongside, and that's no disrespect to James Ennis, who is incredible. Uh, so, yeah, league MVP, Bryce. Purely with biased, I'm going to go the Wildcats, but on paper <laughs> and what I saw there. But what I saw the other night, I just think Melbourne's depth is incredible. I remember in under eights, we used to go five on, five off when it came to subbing. <laughs> Melbourne can literally go, here's my starting five, go pick the litter, and even could be first team all NBL. Uh, but you know what? After five minutes, bench five, come on out there, and any one of you could start from teams around the league. So I just think Melbourne, on paper, with a, a fantastic coach, a good balance of youth and leadership and experience, uh, yeah, I just think that's going to be too tough, especially over a five-game series. Damien Martin, you're a star. We've loved having you on. Thank you so much, mate, and uh, enjoy the finals. It, it should be phenomenal. NBL's done a great job uh, this year as the league goes from strength to strength. Uh, we can't wait for this to get going. I'm pumped for Thursday. Trust me, I've already got my Wildcats polo on. I'll try and be unbiased if I'm commentating, but deep down, I'm really sorry. I think everyone knows who I'm going we for. We love it. We love it. Keep bringing it. We love that. Uh, beautifully done. Damien Martin, one of the greats. The Defensive Player of the Year Award has his name on it, and for very good reason. Five-time NBL champion. six t- Sorry, six-time NBL champion and six-time Defensive Player of the Year in the NBL. Uh, and we love his work, Pete. Oh, he stole my cookies about four games into my career and I've never looked back and I thought, you know what, I'll make one move and get past him. All of a sudden, I was in the front row. Disrespect from you. <laughs> uh, you can watch the Hungry Jacks NBL and SBS Viceland, ESPN, SBS On Demand and Twitch. All games before 7.30 will be broadcast on ESPS Vi- SBS Viceland. All games after will be on ESPN. All games streamed on SBS On Demand and Twitch. You'll need to have that information with the finals just around the corner. Uh, We're going to work through the results from the round. We will give you, or Pete Hawley will give you, his competition MVP this year, his first all-NBL team, his second all-NBL team, and we'll preview what's to come next week. Uh, which we actually can't do because we've got one more game to go. We'll preview that instead. This is the NBL Show, part of the Sporting Capital SEN. You're listening to the NBL Show.
play NBL Fantasy for free. You could win $5,000 plus daily prizes at nbl.com.au slash fantasy. Well, with the Hooley hierarchy uh, really redundant now that the final mm. four is one game away from being set, the last game of the year between Brisbane and South East Melbourne will determine the makeup of the final four. We know the teams, Melbourne, Phoenix, Illawarra and South East Melbourne. What we don't know is the order of 3v4. The last game of the year will determine that. It's the fifth time in a row in the NBL that that has happened in the last five years. This is the fifth time that it has happened that the last game of the year has decided the final makeup of the top four and then who will play who and where they will play is yet to be determined. So a big game tomorrow night in Brisbane. So let's go through, Peter Hooley, your predictions for the end of year awards, the regular season awards. And why don't we start uh, with, uh, we'll go, we'll start with the defensive player of the year. I'm going to have to go with Damian Martin. I think Mitch Norn has been outstanding. Justin Simon, was really good. He fell off for a little period, but then he came home really strong. Like he was insane towards the last couple of rounds, but I still think Mitch Norton, uh, I think it'll go Norton one, Simon two. I would throw Tom Abercrombie up into the mix as well. I was big for him. I was an advocate for him all season. I was really trying to get his name out there because I think defensive player of the year is one that's really narrative driven. So you need mm. to have your teams getting behind you saying what you're doing, <laughs> just so you don't have to look at steals or blocks. Uh, um, but then he got hurt for a while. So I think he's missed too many games to get it. Uh, the most improved player of the year. This is going to be the toughest one. I really think this is going to be the toughest one. It could be a, a multiple-sided coin flip because I think there's a few good Ooh. chances. Uh, Sam Froling's been really, really good for the Illawarra Hawks. Joe Lawala-Chul has come out of not nowhere, but he's taken more steps forward on a yep. talented, talented team. Yep. Uh, Jordan Hunter went from literally well, zero. Third big man in the pecking mm. order to the starting centre and played really well. Well, if you look at just stats only, I mean, he didn't get any opportunity to now getting a lot, mm. but he's been outstanding, so he would be well-deserved. Yanni Wetzel's not a bad pick, but again, he's he played last year, so it's... I uh, didn't play last year, so he'd be hard yeah, to know. Yeah, okay. Um, but he has definitely improved over the season. Finn Delaney's another one that could potentially get a Absolutely. Most he's night. had a ripping year. Mm. Underrated. Um, what about the sixth man of the year? I think it's going to be a straight coin flip between Scotty Hobson and Luala Chul. But one of those two coming from Melbourne United. I would, uh, I would throw Kyle Adam into that mix as well. I think he he needs to come off the bench tomorrow to be eligible to get it. Uh, but besides that, I think he's just towards the end of the season when Kiefer Sykes has come back, hasn't done what he was doing. But again, mm. recency bias is because of that. If Kyle Adam did what he did yep. in the middle half now, we'd all be saying he's a lock. Uh, coach of the year? Trev Gleeson. Rookie of the year? Josh, Josh Giddy. Yep. Uh, MVP? Bryce Cotton, you just can't not say it. Yeah. It's it's the LeBron effect, isn't it? Because Absolutely. And that's exactly what I was saying this for the last two years because all of a sudden we're like, well, Bryce, we know what he does, but he's done better than what we normally does. Yep. And his stats prove that. And he's yep. taken this team to second on the ladder and finals mm. once again. I don't care that he's missed the last four games. If he had missed another four, I'm still probably giving it to Bryce Cotton. He's just done insane things. Yeah, I'm with you. I know there's a late swell for Tyler Harvey, but but I, I think on the body of work, it, it's got to be Bryce Cotton. And you're right about the LeBron effect. I mean, he wasn't winning MVPs when Cleveland were a mess. He comes back, 
They play in three straight final series and they win one of them. He leaves, they're a basket case again. Mm-hmm. And yet they still want to give MVPs to all these other people. He hasn't won an MVP since he was in Miami. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's just the new show. I'm not a huge thing. LeBron fan, but I know he deserved MVP a few of those years. We have a minute and a half for you to select your first all-NBL first team and your all-NBL second team. Let's go through the second team Ooh. first. Well, first team's a lock. So second team, I'm going to have Finn Delaney and Daniel Johnson as my inside players. Uh, then I'm going to have Josh Giddy, and I'm rounds it out with uh, the top team, a lot of Mitch McCarron and Chris Golding. Okay, so your first team. This is a lock. I think this is what we're going to see from everybody's uh, everybody's picks who have picked it. Bryce Cotton, Tyler Harvey, Nathan Sobey, Jock Landau, and John Mooney. The two players I can think of off the top of my head that it might be a bit stiff to miss out on the second team. Mm. Ty Webster averaged 18 sure. points and about five assists a game. Could be a I know New chance. Zealand didn't have a great season, yeah, but, again, but he, he did. Stu- he stood out, so that could help him yep. get in there. And Mitch Creek. Mitch Creek is listed as an inside player. So I it'll be between him and Finn Delaney in that last spot. I think Finn Delaney's been really good towards this last end of the stretch. A recency bias will help that. But if he was, he should be an outside player, and he would have got in there in that guard spot. So the final four in order will be? United... Oh, when are we finished? When the run is up? So United, Perth, and then what's the three Phoenix Hawks. So that would mean that it's Phoenix and Perth who wins. I'm going to say Phoenix. Sorry, Damo. And they're going to get it done. Melbourne and Illawarra. And we're going to have a throwdown grand final series. Throwdown. And what a performance that would be from South East Melbourne just in their second year Mm. of the competition. They've done a mighty job in putting that roster together. Uh, and Simon Mitchell's done a great job in making sure they are competitive straight away. If that's what's going to happen, we need, everyone needs to cross fingers, do everything, pray everything, that we can have some games at John Kane Arena for that. Absolutely. You can watch the Hungry Jacks, NBL and SBS Viceland, ESPN, SBS On Demand and Twitch, all games before 7.30. They're on SBS Viceland. All games after are on ESPN. All games will be streamed on SBS On Demand and Twitch. So one game to go. The final four yet to be determined. You must get yourself around to watch the last game of the year between Brisbane and South East Melbourne tomorrow. And then we are underway with the NBL finals for this year. And we cannot wait for that. It's been an incredible season. Well done to the NBL. And now we are at the business end of it. Pete, speak to you next week. Oh, looking forward to it. See you then.